G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, on a Tuesday, we do like to check in on breaking news as it's happening out of Israel and more broadly throughout the Middle East, often big developments that are happening in the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines once again. Back with us. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Ron, let's start with this headline. Pro-Iranian forces claim they shelled Americans in Syria. What's happening? Yeah, very serious. Reports say pro-Iranian groups shelled areas in eastern Syria across from Deir Esor, ostensibly targeting U.S. forces near the Omar oil fields. The attack was linked to airstrikes the U.S. had carried out in Syria, targeting pro-Iranian groups on Monday. Tasnim and Far News in Iran both reported that artillery and Katusha rockets were fired. Video appeared to show a rocket trail similar to the kind of rockets Hamas uses in Gaza to target Israel. Open source intelligence accounts on social media confirmed the attack. Omar Abu Layla, who runs Deir Ezzor 24, wrote the Jet Strike Headquarters of Iranian militia in the vicinity of Al-Mayadeen city. He then retweeted accounts of shelling of the area near Omar Oilfield, where the U.S. forces are allegedly located. The attack came roughly 18 hours after the U.S. carried out airstrikes near Abu Kamal targeting pro-Iranian units that are linked to Iraq and which the U.S. accuses of drone attacks on U.S. facilities in Iraq. We'll need to monitor that one along closely, Ron. Let's move on to some other headlines. An elite Israel military team has begun work at the Florida disaster site where I guess that's where the high-rise building collapsed. Yes, a team of Israeli search and rescue specialists joined American workers on Sunday at the site of a Florida apartment building that partially collapsed on Thursday, killing at least 11 people so far, with 156 still missing. Diaspora Affairs Minister Nachman Shai also arrived at the site on Sunday to provide support to the ongoing rescue efforts. He said this is one of the best, if not the best, and most experienced Israeli rescue team. They've been all over the world in many similar situations, he said. According to the IDF, the delegation is headed by Colonel Golenwach and consists of 10 reserve officers from the Home Front Command, all top experts in engineering. Always good to know nations helping nations in disaster time and uh, certainly tragedy there in Florida. Hey, Ron, a massive naval exercise in the Black Sea begins with the United States. Despite Russian protests, the Russians have warned the US and the UK not to tempt fate in the Black Sea. Yeah, on June 21, the US Sixth Fleet announced it would participate in the Sea Breeze exercise scheduled from June 28 to July 10. Washington says that this year's activity 
has the largest number of participating nations in the exercise history, with 32 countries from six continents, providing 5,000 troops, 32 ships, 40 aircraft, and 18 special operations and dive teams. This is important because it comes days after a UK warship in Russia appeared to clash off the coast of Crimea. Ukraine claims Crimea, but Russia annexed the area in 2014. There have been other tensions between Russia and Ukraine and Russia and the US, increasingly at sea in recent years. Ukraine is fighting a war against the Russian-backed separatists in eastern Ukraine. Russia's warned the UK against what it sees as provocation. Interesting to see Australia is participating, along with Israel, Turkey, the United Arab Emirates, the United Kingdom and the United States, among many others. Uh, Ron, we all love a story about the innocence of children. Uh, One headline that says 35 children from the West Bank, Gaza and around the world find life-saving heart care in Israel and the doctors have observed they all play together. What's the story here? Uh, Adults come along and ruin that. (laughs) A Tel Aviv area medical centre is now treating about 35 children from around the world for life-threatening heart conditions in what is the largest group of patients brought to the country by Israel-based non-profit organisation Save a Child's Heart. The children hailing from Gaza, the West Bank, Ethiopia, Zanzibar, Tanzania, Zambia, Kenya, Uganda, Nigeria and Kosovo include babies, toddlers and teenagers who are often accompanied by a guardian or parent. After arriving in Israel, they're quarantined before receiving heart disease treatment at the Wolfson Medical Center in Holland. It's our mission to bring children from developing countries and places where they can't get or can't afford life-saving treatment. Over half of the children whose lives are being saved in Israel are from the Palestinian Authority in Gaza. Doctors in Israel volunteer their time to conduct the heart surgery, Tamar Shapira from Save Children's Heart Organization said. Also commented saying the children stay in Israel for two to three months before they return home. Some we bring back for further treatment. But the comment was they all play together in the children's house even though they don't understand each other and they don't all speak different languages. <laughs> well... Hey, Ron, let's top off our conversation today with what will be a significant one for some listeners who might have been long-time Elvis Presley fans. Uh, There's a question mark. Was Elvis Presley Jewish? Where a new public display of his mother's headstone, designed by Elvis himself, confirms that he was. What's the story here? Well... Israel's all shook up about it, mate. (laughs) A large crate sat unopened in a 20,000-square-foot warehouse in Memphis, Tennessee, for more than four decades, concealing a little-known fact about one of America's great cultural icons. Inside were the headstone of Elvis Presley's mother, Gladys, which had been stored in the Graceland archives along with 1.5 million other items since 1977. On the upper left-hand side of the long unseen marker, designed by Elvis himself, was a Star of David. The headstone, which was taken from storage only in 2018, is now on display 
at the sprawling complex in Memphis where Elvis lived from 1957 until his untimely death 20 years later at the age of 42. It sits in Graceland's Meditation Garden, just outside the mansion and a few feet from Elvis's own grave. The Presleys once lived in an apartment directly below the family of Rabbi Alfred Fuchter, the first principal of the Memphis Hebrew Academy. The rabbi's son, Harold, who now lives in Maryland, said that Elvis actually served as the Fuchter's Shabbos Goy, a non-Jew who performs household tasks for observant Jews that are normally forbidden on the Jewish Sabbath. I find that comment interesting because I remember we attended a kibbutz in Israel years ago on the Sabbath, and the host waited for us to turn the lights on because that would have been seen as working. Fritcher said his parents never had an inkling that Elvis may have had Jewish roots. Elvis was especially close to his mother, who died of heart failure in 1958 at the age of 46. Initially, Elvis had her buried in a public cemetery in Memphis. Her headstone was marked with a cross, but Marchi says that six years later, Elvis replaced the headstone with one designed to his own specifications. The new marker featured a Star of David on one side and a cross on the other. And uh, that makes it very interesting for me. I used to often attend the Elvis Presley Cafe just outside of Jerusalem. I went there not so much for Elvis, but for the milkshakes. (laughs) There you go. And, you know, this is uh, very interesting because there's always been a lot of debate about Elvis's spirituality. And, of course, he released a number of gospel albums and has those Christian roots that go deep. And uh, people even uh, discuss him in the light of a a Pentecostal Christian. So to take this... Interesting, he also wore around his neck a kai. A kai is the Hebrew letter that means life. I'm going to give one to my uh, granddaughter in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, but he wore that with a cross. Uh, so, yes, he was very spiritual. Uh, would you call him, though, a uh, completed Jew? Or, you know, people talk about different terminologies around uh, people who have Jewish roots, who also are Christian. What would, what would you think you'd, that he might have called himself, Ron? Well, I don't think the rabbis would regard him as an observant Jew, but as one who used to teach the Jewish roots of the faith, I think he connected the both, the Old Testament and the New Testament, even around what he wore around his neck. Uh, I think he understood all about God, but above all, I think his faith was in the Lord. Well, it is certainly fascinating, and uh, what a way to top off our conversation today. Ron Ross, always appreciate you. Thanks so much for scouring the headlines and bringing us a breaking news update uh, out of Israel today. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 